so glad that you're here this morning. And if you're visiting and if you're never, if it's your first time, you belong here. We're so thrilled and glad that you came to worship with us this morning. We got a good day ahead of us. It's already been so good. Don't you love that song? He's been so good to me. Man, that's good. I love that. And because the truth is, he has. When does he ever stop not being good? It, he never does. He's always so good. And so we're so thankful to, first and foremost, Jesus. But we're thankful for this church family. Man, because with, with one another, this is how we see that God is love. And we see and we can actually experience the love of God through one another when the love of God is shown towards, one, towards each other. And so we're thankful for a church family that just loves you. So if you don't feel loved yet, if you just raise your hand, we'll come tackle you with a hug. And we'll make sure that you feel right at home. Because you do belong here. There's a, there's a place for you here. Oh, there's a guy in the back that's wishing for a hug. So if somebody wants you to just slap him, that's, that's good. You can hug him all you want. But if you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to continue our series on getting rooted. It is an inside job. And I'm, I'm excited for what the Lord is going to share with us today. It's going to be good. Because you know, every time we come to the Word of God, we come excited. We come with great expectancy, right? Right. And so this last week, we talked a lot of, about developing a craving for the Word of God. How'd that go for y'all? Okay, four people answered. All right, so the rest of us, were just still working on it. I mean, we wanted to progress in this. So if you know, it's possible to be so on fire for Jesus. Did you know that's possible? The same way that you're so excited and passionate about the Edmonton Oilers or the Calgary Flames, it is possible to create that same passion for the Word of God. Right? It is a choice. It is a decision that you and I make, right? And so that's what we're really talking about, getting rooted, getting established. Because in order to get properly rooted, it does require that you and I have a heart for the Word of God. That we desire the Word. And uh, so this beginning, let's 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. We read this scripture last week and I want to just go over it again so that we're real clear on what the purpose of the Bible is for. In verse 16 it says this, all scripture, everybody say all. Every scripture, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. Verse 17 says, God uses his word to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Now think about that. How is God going to equip you and I to do every good work that he's called you personally and as a local body to do? What is he going to do? How does he do it? Through his word. So through his word. So if we're not getting into the word, are we going to be properly prepared and equipped to carry out the work? No, it requires us. And what's in the word of God is it's God's thinking. It's God's heartbeat. It's why he does what he does. It's his motives for, for if you could put it that way. Everything you see in the word of God is God's heartbeat. So how can you pick up on heaven's agenda when you're not sure what the heartbeat is and carry that out here without knowing what this says? You have to know the word. And it's not just randomly praying and seeing things. It's what does the word say? You know what? Even over prayer, the word is more important. Because if you don't know the word, how are you going to pray? Right? People just kind of jump in here, just kind of throw out prayer. But if you don't know what the Word of God even says, how do you even know what you're praying for? So the Word is our ultimate. It's the first thing that we establish ourselves in is the Word of God. And out of the Word, prayer becomes an easier thing. What do you do? You take the Word and you pray the Word. Right? Because this, again, it's we have a covenant with God. Not just some kind of random, you know, cute little acquaintance that we have with Him. It is a covenant God that we have and that we're in with him. So we have to know what the covenant says. 
Because a lot of times people are praying for something that God has already accomplished in the covenant. So if we know what the covenant says, we actually can just claim and say, this is what the covenant says, and I want that in my life. Done. He's already made, it's already a settled deal because Jesus died and rose again for it, right? So again, going back to what the Word of God, the purpose of the Word is these four things. Number one, the Word teaches us what is true. Not just the high thought of the day, not just the, the popular thing of the day. It teaches us what is ultimate truth and you're in my life. Secondly, the Word helps me see what is wrong in my life. I didn't get a woohoo on that one, but that's, that's good news. right? We need to know what is right, what is wrong. Thirdly, the Word of God corrects me when I'm wrong, and then it also teaches me to do what is right. And fourthly, as I said, God uses His Word to prepare and to equip His people to carry out His work. Not about you, but I'm hungry to carry out His work. So in order to carry out His work effectively, i got to create a hunger for this. Because when I know what this is, and part of it also is, when I know what the Word of God says, I'm not easily deceived. Because listen, today there is so many truths out there. There's so many words gone out there. And we said that last week, 1 Corinthians 14.10, Paul made this statement saying, there are many voices that are in the world, and none of them without significance. Meaning everybody is preaching and teaching their own truth. Right? You got the whole, there's a whole gay community. I just, I mean, Ellen, she actually said this. I just wanted to speak my own truth. And she's a voice person for a whole group of people. So what is it? It's people speaking their truth. So we have to find out because people will identify with this. They will go with this. There's got to be some truth that you and I, we can build our life on and go, no, this is the absolute truth. Marilyn Manson said this, and he's, he's a pastor's kid. He said this, parents, if you don't teach your children what is true, I will. <laughs> not about you, but I'm not going to let him teach my kids what is true. What am I going to do? I got to go to the Word of God and find out what the Word says to be true. Because again, everybody is speaking something. So where do I find my truth? Where am I even going to get my political beliefs? You got to go to what the Word of God says. Because this is absolute truth. Right? Okay. So, we talked last week, the Word of God was four different things. Can we repeat those real quickly? Number one, the Word is inspired. Established. It was sent. And it was food for your spirit, man. So the word of God is an established word. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. The word of God was sent. You know, Psalm 107 verse 20, God sent his word. And what happened? He healed them all with his word. So his word goes forth. His word is on a journey looking to what he can do in people's lives. Right? And lastly, we said that the word of God is spiritual food for our inner life. And we said the same way that you and I, we eat on the outside. We eat physical food quite often. Anybody enjoy physical food? You know, last night we had a, we had a lot of people here last night because we heard there was free ribs. And boom, that place just... Okay, that's, that's what it takes. All right, there, physical food's attractive. But what you're getting this morning, not only did you get crepes, but you're also going to be getting spiritual food. So you and I, it's important that we eat physically. Why? Because we need strength. Thank you, Aaron. We need strength naturally, right? Listen, I got three kids. I have to eat. <laughs> I got to eat. They got a lot of energy. So in order for me to keep up, I need to eat some food. I need to do some exercise so I can keep up with them. Well, spiritually speaking, in order to keep up and keep going, what God has called me to do, I need to be spiritually fit. And where do I get that spiritual fitness from? The Word of God. Jesus said, Matthew 4, 4, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus also said this in John 6, 63, that my words, they are spirit and they are life. 
So sometimes when you're reading the Bible, you kind of get a little bit bored of it. Why is it? Because your flesh, it's not feeding your flesh, it's feeding your spirit man. But the more that you feed this spirit man, the goal is to actually get our spirit being stronger than our physical beings. That's the goal. That's the purpose of it, right? We don't want this flesh dominating how we live out here. So how do we get the flesh to shut up and our spirit to rise up? Is we feed the spirit man. And one cute little snack on a Sunday doesn't cut it. Not going to make you spiritually fit, right? We want the six-pack spiritually. We want the boom. I mean, they should have spiritual, you know, you see those strongest man competitions. All these guys come out in their little cute little speedos and they do their, their little thing and haunch it. We should have spiritual competitions. And they're just doing their thing. I don't know how you could even do that, but there's a, there's a mental competition in your brain that's going on. So we want to establish a craving for the word of God because you can change your craving. Did you know that you crave what you feed on and you control what you crave? So if you're craving McDonald's hamburgers, you can change it to a salad by just starving hamburgers and feeding salad. It's possible. As I said last week, I actually like kale salad now. It's really good. No. Yeah. Your taste can change. Really happens the same way, even spiritually speaking. If you want to get hungry for the Word of God, what do you got to begin doing? Feeding on it. Because what you feed on, you start to crave. Okay. That was just a quick recap of what we talked about all last week. So I want you to go to your Bibles in Matthew chapter 13. And we're going to begin our talking about the parable of the sower here. But Matthew chapter 13, and I want to just read to you verses 1 through 9, and then we'll go back and talk a little bit about it. Everybody ready to go? Yeah. Rock and roll, everybody good sleep last night? Yes. There's a bunch of pretty people out here this morning. It's, it's nice to look at. Yeah, I'm not going to just make eye contact with anyone because then they kind of think it's creepy. My wife's not here, so I can't just do that. So, all right. Matthew 13, verse 1, it says, That same day Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. Now these are some hungry people. <laughs> there they are sitting on the shore. This guy rolls out on a boat and starts preaching. Imagine going to Sylvan Lake and all of a sudden just rolling out into a boat. Some guy's preaching. How many people are going to stick around? I don't, I don't know. But these people are hungry for what he's got to say. Verse 3. He told many stories in the form of parables such as this one. Now before I read this, I want to just make mention, Mark chapter 4 talks about this same parable and Luke chapter 8, and you can see the difference if you kind of compare them all. Jesus in Mark 4, about this parable, he said, if you, can under, if you don't understand this, how will you understand all parables? Now it's vital that you and I grasp this one because what Jesus talks about here and all the parables really is about planting and harvesting. That's how your life is completely made up. That doesn't just mean financially, it's every area of your life. It's planting Sowing and reaping. That's, that's the whole thing. So look here. Verse 3, as it said, Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across the field, some seeds, somebody say some seeds, fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate them. Verse 5, other seeds, say other seeds. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. What does verse 7 begin with? Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the word, or sorry, choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds, say other seeds, fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 
60 and even a hundred times as much that had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should understand. So what's going on here? Let's, what's he talking about? And so that's what I really want to focus in on because this parable, this will change your life. So it begins with verse 3. Again, Jesus said, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. Everything in the Word of God, in the, in the Kingdom of God, is, starts off as a seed. Now, I want to just read off these things. Number one, in looking at this, the Word of God, or we could say the seed of the Word of God, is no respecter of people. No respecter of race, no respecter of past, no respecter of background. This Word is going forth everywhere. Right? And I'm gonna this, I want you just to kind of pretend this is my little seed sack. All right? I don't have seeds in it. I wish I did, or Jolly Ranchers or something. But seeds, what this guy is doing, he's throwing seeds. He's tossing seeds. And wherever it goes, that's where the seeds are going. So he's throwing these seeds. So you can see God is no respecter of persons. Right? Whoever will. These seeds are going out. I mean, even this morning, think about it. Who's all having church this morning? The entire planet is having church somewhere. Right? Things are going off. So what's happening? The Word is going forth in seed form. It's constantly going out. Right? And I think that's wonderful that our God, according to Acts chapter 10, 38, says God shows no favoritism. Romans 2, 11, it says God has no favorites. So His Word goes out to anyone. No matter your race, no matter what your past looks like, the Word is constantly going out. So this tells me that people are not underprivileged. They need to be receptive. This is huge. The Word is going out because... The Word of God, right here, and we've said this before, that the Word of God has the potential to answer every problem that mankind ever faces. But how does it start? In seed form. So secondly, number two. So number one is that God is no respecter of persons. Number two, the Word or these seeds, they don't automatically just work. Just because you hear the Word being preached doesn't mean your life is going to change. This same seed, as we saw, this same seed went on four different types of soil, four types of ground. And only one out of the four, it worked. So this doesn't mean, okay, there, let me just go on before I get ahead of myself. Number three, the word or the seeds, it starts as a seed, not a full-blown miracle. Because a lot of times when we hear the word of God, we're thinking God is throwing these at us. Good catches, by the way. Three out of three. <laughs> So a lot of time we're praying, we're asking God, oh God, I, I'm believing for this. And we're wanting these full-blown flowers, these miracles to just come on our lap. And what God is doing is He's throwing seed. So that could be a lot of time where people get caught up on, is they're looking for the complete miracle, but God is actually throwing you seed. Now listen, He can do the miraculous, absolutely, He's done that. He'll continue to do it. But I remember hearing this, there's a gentleman by the name of Kenneth E. Hagin. For those of you who don't know, he passed away about 2003, I believe it was. He was a great man of God, prophet of God, and he said these words, It is better to receive from God based off of His Word over the miraculous. Why? Because when you receive from the Word, you own and keep the miracle. Because people can receive the miraculous and go, Woo, this is amazing! But the enemy can sow a seed of doubt and right away, Oh, I don't know if this actually worked. And they could get it right back again. But when you take the seed of the Word of God, you let it grow on the inside of you and let it develop. You water it, you feed it. What happens? The Word starts to flourish for yourself and you see the results. So a lot of times people are praying and they're believing God for something and they're waiting for these flowers to come at you. Meanwhile, God is throwing seed. It's seed. Say it with me. Seed. It's seed. 
So stop looking for the miraculous just to take place. If that happens, woo, praise God. But look at it, it's the seed. Jesus said the sower sows the word. The sower sows the seed. Nobody goes out there into the, oh, the pasture and they just start planting absolute plants and flowers in their garden. No, they're, they're planting seeds. That's where it begins. Somebody say seed. This is where it begins. So I don't want to get people caught up and all. I'm believing God for this miraculous thing. Yeah, that's, that's great. But what's the seed? Where does it begin? What word have you heard? What word are you building it on? What word are you watering? Oh, I don't know. I just, I want God to heal me. Yes, that's so good. He's a healer. But what seed have you planted on the inside for it to grow, for God to have access to you? That's where it begins is a seed. What seed is on the inside of you? This is the, the word of God. This seed is God's access point to you in my life. It all starts as a seed. So, okay, God, I'm believing for financial blessing taking place in my home this year. Great. What's your scripture? What seeds are you watering and planting on the inside? Oh, I'm nothing. I'm just believing God. It, that, that's good. But what are you watering? What's been planted on the inside? That's the change. That's the major difference. And I believe that's where a lot of people get caught up. Right? Okay. There we go. Jesus and a few other scriptures. Genesis 8.22, this is what God said. As long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest. So is the earth still here? <laughs> so what are we doing? Planting and harvest. In 2 Corinthians 9.10, it says, God gives seed to the farmer and food to those who need to eat. God will also give you seed and multiply it. What is God giving you? Seed. Seed. This whole word in your lap right now is seed. It's spiritual seed. Everything in this, every verse that you go through, it is spiritual seed. And nobody starts off as a faith giant. Nobody begins there. Where does it all start? It starts as a seed. But these guys watered it. They nurtured it. They took care of it. They continued to go into it. And as a result, they continued to grow and get bigger and bigger. And as a result, boom, there are these spiritual giants. It doesn't happen just at one time. David spent years in the pasture worshiping the Lord and finding out who God really was. It started off as a seed. But where did that seed take him? To the palace. So it's the same way in your and my life. Nobody just ends up and, oh yeah, here I am in my ultimate destiny. No, it works as a seed. Everything starts as a seed. I think I've nurtured that enough now. Okay. Again, what do seeds do? They, they grow. Do you think they struggle? I remember we were driving, there's a, like, kind of even when you go down, like, the Red Deer River, anybody go floating down the Red Deer River? It's kind of a nice time. Uh, it takes forever. <laughs> and if you got a really heavy guy on the same thing, as you would, he actually flattens it, and you end up swimming the rest of your way down. Uh, how do I know that? I youth pastored for nine years, and I had a lot of big kids in my youth group. And uh, <laughs> it was some not cool times either. But anyways, floating down the river can be a joyful time. Sometimes you see some of those cliffs, right? And randomly, there's a, sometimes a random tree in the side of this cliff. Yeah. How did that tree get there? Did somebody go and say, this would be a great spot for a tree right in here? No, like a seed just, mm, bloop. And what does the seed do? They just know to grow. That's what seeds do. Everything about them, about how God created them, it's fascinating. It's amazing. Seeds just do what seeds do. They just want to sprout, right? The same thing in your and my life. You began as a seed. I'm not going to go into further detail, but you understand that. You began as a seed. Now look at you. Look how pretty you are, how handsome you are, how buff you are. It all started out as a seed. This was you. Now I know we know all this, but man, we got to grasp this. We got to think in this and how this culture operates. Man, I want it. I want it now. But it's seed time and harvest. 
It's sowing and it's reaping. How God does things spiritually. God, again, is not a microwave. Right? You can't just beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, boop. Okay, great. Ding. Yeah. Oh, thank you, God. This is it. No, it grows. He's a slow cooker. It takes time. It's got to grow because he doesn't want to just dump it on you. It wants to grow up on the inside of you. That's what this word is for. So again, answers for, if we said that, hey, we're going to give a hundred million dollars to anybody that comes in this room today. Do you know how packed this place would be? would be packed. But you know what? The same thing. We're offering the Word of God seed that is guaranteed to work in a person's life. And yet, why don't everybody just love it? It's because it takes time. It's not feeding the natural. It's feeding the spirit world. John said this, 3 John chapter 3, he said, Beloved, I pray above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Everybody wants the prosperity and the health. That's, that's wonderful. That's great. But where does it begin? On the inside. It starts off as a seed. Right? Is it, okay, God, I pray for it. I want it now. It doesn't work that way. It starts on the inside. What are you watering and what are you milking on the inside? So, again, because the reason we're doing this is because this is how Jesus went about. He went around sowing seeds everywhere he went. Matthew chapter 9, 35, it says, Jesus went about all the cities and villages. Now think about this. This was his ministry. Jesus went about to every city and every village, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every kind of disease among the people. So people go, yeah, man, he healed everybody. That's good. But what did he do before that? He taught and he preached. He taught and he proclaimed. What is he doing? He's getting the seed out there. People just look right away at the healing aspect. Yes, that's true. Our Jesus is a healer today. He does it still. But how does it come? Through the seed, through the word. Find out how it works. What, that's, why, that's why he taught. He's getting the seed out there. Right? So now, let's continue reading in verse 10. And we're going to work our way to verse 19. It says, His disciples came to him and asked him, Why do you use parables when you talk to people? Now think about this. This is how Jesus talked to people. He shared stories with them. Verse 11, he replied, You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. Now, which side of do you want to be on? Those that are permitted to understand the secrets or those that are not? Anybody on the one that want to be permitted to see it? I want to see it. He said, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. Here it is. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. And they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Now looking at this again, listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. Proverbs 4, 7 tells us, get wisdom, the way, getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do, and above all, get understanding. So it really encourages us, get to understand. Don't be okay, if there's some things in the Word of God that you're not understanding or not clicking for you, don't just leave it at that going, ah, oh, maybe I'll figure that out when I get to heaven. No, no, don't have that attitude. Go, I want to see it, I want to know it now. Because he said here that I'm permitted to know the secrets. So just kind of playing, ignorant is not bliss, just so you know in this. In the kingdom of heaven, ignorance is not bliss. We want to know. And Jesus gave us eyes to see and ears to hear. So I want to know these things, Right? So when the Proverbs tells us, get understanding, get it, that must mean it's available for me to get. How do I get it? By continuing to listen to the teachings of Jesus. Continuing to go there. What's going to happen to me? I'm going to get more understanding. Okay. 
Verse 13, Jesus said, this is why I use parables. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. And the way that I liken that too is kind of those 3D pictures that you used to see. Anybody have those as a, as a kid, as a book? Like if you can see the image, then you can flip to this page. And if you can see that, like, you know what I'm talking about? Those 3D images out of all the black and white squigglies everywhere, right? And they tell you just to stare at it long enough, eventually an image will form. Anybody ever try one of those? Now, how many of you can do that? Really? Man, anybody who can do it? I spent time and time looking at these squiggly lines. You just stare at it. You're just looking at it. Okay, I'm going to get it. Well, it's right there. Look harder. I am. I'm doing everything I possibly can. And all of a sudden, some guy walks by. And oh, look, like a rocket ship. There it is. And you just, where? Draw it out for me. And he's, he's, yeah, it's right here. You know, there's the spaceship. There's the wings. There's the smoke building up. What? How do you see that? Well, it's the same way here that Jesus is explaining. They, these people, they saw Jesus, but they didn't see Jesus. They heard Jesus, but they didn't actually hear him. Right? That's a dangerous spot to be in. <laughs> so he continues on. He said, this fulfills the prophecy that Isaiah spoke of them. When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear, and they have closed their eyes, so their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear. And their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. But, I say but, verse 16 says, blessed, somebody say blessed. Blessed are your eyes because they see. Blessed are your ears because they hear. That's what I'm talking about. This is a confession of mine that I say constantly. My eyes are blessed, I can see. My ears are blessed, I can hear. I'm not just talking about this physical things. Yeah, those are going to be good for a long time too. But what I'm talking about is the eyes of my heart. Paul prayed this prayer for you and I as Christians. And that we can take, I would encourage you, take Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 through 23. Let that be your prayer daily. Pray that thing constantly, because what is in that prayer, Paul lays it out. He said, I pray that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. The eyes of your understanding, the eyes of your heart being enlightened, that you would know some things. Right? And it's not just talking about head knowledge up here. There's some things that I know on the inside, and nobody can shake it off me. Such as, I know that healing is for today. How do I know that? I've experienced it. I've seen it in the Word. It belongs to me. Oh, that's not for today. No, no, no. I, I own it, so don't even try to talk me out of it. I also know and believe that speaking in tongues is for today. Well, how do you know? Well, first of all, because I do it. Second of all, is I've seen lineups that have come up here. A couple weeks ago, we had 13 people get filled with the Holy Spirit. All at the same time. They came and they all received it. So you can't tell me that God doesn't do that because I've seen it and I know it to be true in the Word. It's in me. Right? There's some truths that you won't budge from because you know it to be true. And that's what, that's what Paul's praying. That's what Jesus is saying. Your eyes are blessed. You can see. Your ears are blessed. You can hear. Man, that's what I'm talking about. Can we say that together? Say it with me. My eyes are blessed. They see. My ears are blessed. They hear. Woo! Yes, they do. Yes, they do. We are going to be a seeing and hearing church. We got to see things. We got to know things. Because you know what? I mean, this is kind of off the topic. But you look back at... Abraham and Lot, when Lot was kind of, you know, living in Sodom and Gomorrah at that time. And it's crazy, but Abraham knew what God was going to do. God was going to destroy those two cities. Yet there was a, we would call a Christian or a believer in Sodom and Gomorrah who had no idea what God was about to do. He's about to blow that whole place up and a believer is in that city. 
Anybody else that freaked me out a little bit? Like, what? How could that possibly be? Well, I don't know about you, but I want to see and I want to hear things. Right? There's so much more that's taking place in the spiritual realm than just what's happening in the natural. So when I can see and I pay attention to what's going up there, that's where the real action is. And how does that come? It comes by seeing and it comes by hearing. So when I read these words, I just clearly see that it is God's will that you and I know some things. Not supposed to be ignorant in this Christian life. Not supposed to be guessing, is this God's plan for me? I'm not supposed to be guessing, is this the direction I'm supposed to go in my life? I'm not supposed to be guessing if this is the right spouse. I'm not supposed to be guessing what I'm supposed to do with my kids. I know some things because I've seen it and I've heard it. That's how we are. That's who we are. We're a seeing and hearing church. Come on now, y'all. We, that's who we are. That's what God needs in order to get His will accomplished on this earth. It's not just randomly trying different things. It's we've seen it, we've heard it, now we just carry it out. What did Jesus say when He was on this earth? Everything I do is because I've seen my Father do. Everything I say is because I've heard my Father say. Well, the same thing is for you and I. Guess who lives on the inside of us? Who lives in me? Who lives in you? Come on, say that. Who lives on the inside of you? Yeah, through how? Through the Spirit of God. He's on the inside of you. What is He causing you to do? To see and to hear. Proverbs 20, I believe, in somewhere, somewhere in there, says, Eyes to see and ears to hear, both are gifts from the Lord. It's a gift. It's by His grace that you can see things. It's by His grace that you can hear things. So it is a gift. I don't know about you, but that is one of the greatest gifts, is that I'm not ignorant to what God's doing. I know what he wants to do in this church family. I know what he wants to do in the city. I know what he wants to do in this nation. And it's all laid out in his word. And some specifics I get and I see because the Holy Spirit reveals it to you. <sighs> that good? Okay. So, verse 17. I'll just read verse 16 again. It says, Blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And they long to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. What's he talking about? Him. People long to see this day. People long to hear what he was going to say. Who is he talking about is him. So verse 18 now, he says, Listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. Again, the farmer is not planting miracles, he's planting seeds. When you plant a seed, the potential for miracle is huge. Okay, verse 19. You ready? So we're going to just talk about this one today, and then we can kind of continue on. I actually will not be here next week. Pastor John is going to be speaking next week Sunday. Yeah! My wife and I, we're going to be in Manitoba speaking at a church in Manitoba-ish. <laughs> Saskatchewan, Manitoba-ish. So verse 19, it says, The seed that fell on the footpath. Now again, just see this farmer throwing seeds, right? So this seed, again, he's talking about this seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Now because they don't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. Wow. That's big. So we kind of think, well, I don't understand it. That seems a little bit harsh. Well, if you do a little bit more research on that word understand, it actually means two things. It means to dishonor and to devalue. So let's read that again in that way. It says, those that hear the message about the kingdom and don't honor and don't value the word, 
Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. So that's what it is. So right off the bat, Jesus kind of shows us the first one about this seed that is absolutely works. It's powerful. It's strong. It's able to change a life in a moment. It's able to do the miraculous. No matter how low you may have gone, no matter what you may have done, this word is able to take you out and put you far above. Everybody wants to be above and not beneath. They want to be the head and not the tail. They want to see blessings. They want to see the goodness of God in their lives. How does it begin? By the seed. So what's in this bag, what's in this word is so precious. So what happens is, so these guys, they hear the message of the kingdom and they don't honor, they don't value it. So the result is the enemy comes at once and he snatches away the word that was spoken to them. Now think about this individual. Do they have the word now? They don't even have the word. It's not even active in their life. So you can see this person probably looks just like the world, smells just like the world, acts just like the world. There's no difference to them. There's no word. Now God's access to them is what? This guy can pray all day long. Oh God, please help me. Please do this. And meanwhile, he said, I'm throwing seed, but I have no access to you. God's access again to you is what? The seed. The seed, because there's no honor and there's no value for it. What happens? It's taken away. And God, it's not that God is taking the seed away. God's not taking the seed. Who's taking the seed? The evil one snatches it away. The devil's taking it away. So God is doing everything he can to get to that person. I love you. And I'm, what is he doing? I can see God just throwing seed. You know, Godspeed. Just trying to get the seed to him so that he can start to see it. That's what he's trying to do. Now let's just, I want to read a couple scriptures to you. In uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 30, this is what God said. I will honor those who honor me, and I will despise those who think lightly of me. So what is the opposite of honor? It's to despise. And despise literally, I'm trying to say it, not British accent. Literally. Anybody ever try to say literally without being British? Oh, you do it all the day, Martin, of course. <laughs> is that pretty good? Literally. Literally. But the opposite of honor is to despise. Despise literally means to esteem lightly. So when they're not valuing or honoring the word, what are they doing to it? They're esteeming the word lightly. It's light to them. It's just, it's light. But I love what God says, those that honor me, what's he going to do? I'm going to honor them. Now, it's something when people honor you, and we, yeah, that's, that's wonderful. But when God honors you, that's a huge deal. That's way different. So I'm going to be, I, listen, you don't honor and lightly esteem. There's no in-between. You're either here or you're here. So, again, what does it come back to? Choice. It comes back to choice. It's not, oh, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Oh, I have a, you know, I got a rough job. You know, my, my wife and my kids or my husband's like this. No, it's nothing to do with anything external. It is a heart decision on the inside. Do I honor? Do I lightly esteem? That's a decision that you have to make and nobody else can make that for you. But let me encourage you. When you honor, God honors that decision. But when you lightly esteem, the result is, is that the word lightly esteems you. It, 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 you have paid no attention to it, so it has no access to you. Can you see that? Okay. Okay, now. Because there's no honor for the word, as we said, the word is stolen. Leaving the individual with no word or no seed in his life, 
God has nothing to get to. Now, I'll notice this. If you go back to verse 19 there for a sec. Looking at it, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't value or honor it. The evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. So right after, notice this, right after there's no value or there's no honor for the word, the enemy comes when? Immediately. Immediately. It could be as the moment that you even walk out these doors is gone. You don't even know it. Now what do thieves do when they go and rob and they go to steal from somebody or something? What do they usually go for? Valuables, right? They go for things that are important to it. Like, I mean, somebody's going to break in. They're not going to just take, you know, one of those old school tube TVs, 12 inches long. Yeah, that's the one I'm going for. I can probably get 12 bucks for that. Now, what, what are they going for? They're going for the jewelry. They're going for what else do you consider to be more valuable? What's that, sorry? Electronics. What else? What's valuable to you? Chocolate? Money? Well, I heard a yes. We, Take anything. Leave my dark chocolate alone. <laughs> what else? You may have some special items, maybe some really cool things, that maybe some gold, some precious, whatever. It could be all these things. You put them in a safe spot, right? Do you ever take like your jewelry box and you kind of leave it outside on your front step and just kind of go, all right, I'm going to see you in the morning. No, because why? Because your thinking would be, if I leave what's valuable out, somebody's going to take it. Now here's the thing, because they put no value on the word, that means they leave it outside, kind of where all the trash is, right? Your garbage, what do you do with your garbage? You leave it out there, and man, even like it's just sitting there for weeks, and go, finally, where's that garbage? They just take it away, get rid of this stuff, right? The garbage guy comes and gets rid of it. Well, there's no value for garbage, right? Anybody value that? Hope not. Okay. There's no value in garbage, so you just you throw that thing out. Well, it's the same way when you dishonor or devalue the Word of God, what you're doing is you're actually just putting this thing, and spiritually speaking, it is more valuable than gold itself, according to Proverbs chapter 3. It is more valuable. It's, more, it's better than any ruby that's out there. What you're doing is you're actually putting the Word out there, and it says immediately. Not once in a while, not every week when garbage day comes, immediately the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was sown or that was planted in their hearts. Now the thing about this, you don't even know that it's gone. You don't even recognize that the enemy actually came and took it away. You have no word. Now you read through these all these parables and you can see the word, there's four things that happen to the word of God in your and my life. And number one is this, is that the word is either stolen it is either snatched or sorry scorched <laughs> stolen scorched choked or produced one of these four things are what happening in every believer's life somewhere now i don't know about you but i am not going to be the one that is going to get the word stolen away from me how can i make sure that's not going to happen is i'm making a choice on the inside to honor and to value the word of god to honor this thing. That every time it opens up, this word means more to me than anybody's opinion. This word means more to me than what the doctors say. This word means more to me than what anybody else thinks. I go to this because this is how I'm thinking now. That's what I'm talking about. This is extreme honor. Right? You can't remember. It's either I honor or I lightly esteem it. If I'm listening to the political stuff and I go, well, I believe that over this, or I listen to the economists that are going out there, I believe what they're saying over this, what you're doing to the Word is actually you're lightly esteeming it. And so what happens, the Word is going to be of no value because it's already been stolen. And the enemy, is he after you? 
He's after the word. Why? Because a thief, he's a good thief. Let's, let's give him that. He's good at what he does. Now, he knows that he's not going to go after just junky trash stuff. He's going to go after the valuables. And what's valuable in your and my possession is the word. Because what defeated him? What's wrecking his kingdom as we speak? The word. What's causing you to produce in the kingdom of God? The word. And he hates the word. He hates it. Why? Because it's destroying him. It's destroying everything he's trying to set up. But the more and more that the word, the seed is going out there. That's why we talk a lot about being message carriers. You and I are message carriers of this word. So what's he trying to do in your and my life? To shut us up. But we got to get the word out there. We got to get this seed out there because it's God's access point to the world. It's the gospel. It's the good news. It's the word of God. And God said this, that my word does not return to me void. But it's going to accomplish all that he sent it to do. What did he say to Jeremiah? I'm looking over my word and I'm going to accomplish everything that I said. So God is very, very, very connected with his word. His word and him are one. So when you get the word, guess what you're getting? You're getting him. Oh, so what am I going to do? I'm going to make an attitude change. I'm going to make and I'm going to set my heart in a direction where I love the word of God. I love it. I love it. I crave it. It's my desire. It's my food spiritually. It's everything that I need to be all that God created me to be. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand up together.